0: All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tears of Price, coming to you from Book Riot, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great YA books that are turning 30 years old, but have received some new editions um, in a nice new facelift recently, and so they're definitely worth picking up now, 30 years later, and I highly recommend them. They are probably, you know, early YA books that I think encapsulate what's so great about YA, and I think it says a lot that they have managed to endure for 30 years through a lot of societal changes and just a huge shift in the YA market, especially. Um, So these are two really awesome books, and I really hope that you will pick them up. But before I get into that, let's hear from our sponsor.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. You'll only cross these blades once in a page-turning new tale of revenge strategy and so many lies. Best-selling Red Tower Books is releasing its next year's read that will capture your imagination and keep you guessing until the end. May Corlin's Five Broken Blades tells an intricate high-stakes tale of five total strangers united in a plot that will test their strength, wits, and courage. Each has their reasons. All have secrets." But while it's easy to portray a stranger, it's not so simple to stab a friend or a lover, okay, in the back. Now these five blades must choose between vengeance and one another. Pick up five broken blades by Mae Corlin for a thrilling, adventurous tale filled with risk, romance, adventure, and oh so many lies the relationships in it are complex and nuanced and involve everything from friends to enemies found in biological family and lovers and more thanks again to entangled publishing's red tower books publishers of the smash hit fourth wing for sponsoring this episode today's episode is brought to you by the dial press publishers of the prospects by kt hoffman The pressure cooker of minor league baseball leads to major chemistry in this exhilarating, sexy, and triumphant rivals-to-lovers debut romance. Gene Yonescu is the first openly trans player in professional baseball. He has nearly everything he's ever let himself dream of. That is until Luis Estrada, Gene's former teammate and current rival, gets traded to the Beavers. Now, Gina and Louise can't manage a civil conversation off the field or a competent play on it, but in the close confines of dugout benches and roadie buses, they begrudgingly rediscover a comfortable rhythm. As the two grow closer, the tension between them turns electric and their chemistry spills past the confines of the stadium. So this is one of the first adult rom-coms published by a major publishing house centering a gay trans man by a gay trans man. It also has ADHD and anxiety representation and some joyful, heartfelt moments. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to The Dial Press, Publishers of The Prospects by K.T. Hoffman, for sponsoring this episode.
0: My first pick is Finding My Voice by Marie Lee. And this book actually had a reissue in 2020. It is pretty groundbreaking in that I'm pretty sure it is the first Own Voices YA novel from a Korean American author. Um, It was released in 1993, so it's 29 years old, almost 30 now, and it is about Ellen Sung who is pretty much the only Korean American kid in her small town. Um, she lives in a small Minnesota town. Her family's the only Korean American family she knows. They. She's pretty much the only Asian kid at her school. And so she obviously has some struggles with that, being that it is small town Minnesota, late 80s, early 90s. And she's starting senior year. She is kind of struggling to fit in. She feels really a lot like an outcast. She regularly encounters instances of racism. Um, and for the most part, she tries to just ignore it and move on with her life. But things start to change when she has a huge crush on a football player. And of course he's white, he's popular, you know, he's all American, blonde, And she finds herself really falling for him, and to her utter shock, he feels the same way. Um, So now she's finally feeling like, oh my goodness, maybe I can be a normal American girl. Um, And she's kind of happy because she has friends and she feels like she's fitting in for the first time in her life. But then some racism happens and so just you know content warning for like scenes with racial slurs and and, like racial aggression and she starts to stand up to this racism because she feels like she's part of this community now and she's being accepted and she's not going to just take it anymore and Obviously, that does not go over super well for her. Um, She's got a lot of pressure at home, parents who aren't, you know, super excited about her rocking the boat or her relationship with Tomber. And then she has all this, um, you know, stuff going on at school, especially when she's challenging the status quo. So it's a really, it's a short book. It's, I think it's less than 200 pages. um, But it's a really lovely book about, as the title says, finding my voice. And I think that, you know, maybe there are more nuanced contemporary books that um, look at these same issues. But it's a really interesting piece of literature that like, it examines a very specific time, um, which was not that long ago, only, you know, 29 years ago. Um, and also, Ellen's character just really stuck with me. So I really recommend Finding My Voice by Marie Lee. And my next pick is actually an Australian book. It is Looking for Alibrandi* Brandy by Melina Marchetta. And this book came out in 92. So it is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. Um, In fact, Melina Marquette's Australian publisher released a 30th anniversary edition. It is a hardcover. It's got like a new cover art. It's really gorgeous. And it also has um, a lot of really fun extra info in the back, including um, letters between the author and her editor, um, sort of like snapshots of the edited manuscript, some mementos and photos and reviews and articles. Um, which is kind of it's really cool if you kind of into like you know how do books come to be and um, this book may not be super well known here in the U.S. but Melina Marquetta is a really really famous author in Australia. This was her breakout debut novel. Mm-hmm. It kind of became like a cult classic in Australia. There was a movie adaptation. Um, that was really well received, which tragically is not available here in the U.S. for streaming or anything. Like, I've tried so many times um, to try and find an easy way to get this uh, movie adaptation, and what I ended up doing was buying an Australian DVD and an All regions (laughs) DVD player to watch it, and the movie's delightful. So this book um, is about Josephine Alibrandi. She is um, Italian-Australian, and she comes from this really big, boisterous Italian family, but um, she doesn't know who her dad is, or she's never met her dad. And her mom has been pretty close-lipped about, you know, her conception and who her father is. And so she really just has her mom's side of the family. But one day, she's at one of these big parties at her her grandmother's house. And, you know, it's it's pretty traditional Italian affair. And this guy walks into her grandmother's house and he's her mom's age. He's like her mom's old friend. And he takes one look at Josephine and Josephine looks at him and is like, oh, that's my dad. And he had no idea that she existed. So this is a pretty big moment for Josephine. She wants to get to know her dad, but at the same time, he's really reckoning with the fact that like, he just found out that she existed. She wants to understand why her mom, you know, kept these secrets and, and didn't, you know, be more forthcoming about her existence. Um, she's also just trying to reconcile her identity where she feels like she's not fully Australian. She's not fully Italian. She's straddling these two worlds and she, she doesn't know what's going to happen in her future. This book, I will say it's not super plot heavy, but it's very, very emotional and, and very full of wonderful characters that will, you know, stand out to you. Um, Josephine's also falling in love for the first time throughout this book. It's really lovely. And it's really funny too. I think that Melina Marquette in general does humor and heart really well. So... Unfortunately, the 30th anniversary edition is not available or not published here in the US. The you know, you can just get like a regular edition of it. It's still in print. It was published here in the US probably about 15 years ago. And you can order the 30th anniversary edition if you want to from Australia, which is I'm such a big fan, I definitely did. You can get it from Book Depository if you want. And they, you know, they'll, they'll mail it to you and it, it just takes a couple of weeks. But I highly recommend picking up this book either way. I read it for the first time probably about 10 years ago and it just it really stuck with me. So that is Looking for Alibrandi by Melina Marchetta. And that is it for me, book nerds. I hope you are staying all safe and cozy this weekend if you've gotten snow or whatever you're doing that you're just well stocked with books. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookrat.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because it helps other book nerds find us. And thank you as always to our amazing sound editor, Jen Zink. Finally, if you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and pets, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm more on Instagram these days than Twitter, but I'm at Tiers of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And of course, I'll be back um, soon on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and in a little while with more backlist recommendations. Thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend.